0: Hey guys, it's Simian. This is, is Brusselsing Unlimited. Let's adjust this camera a tiny bit. All right, as we are here on the 18th of August, 2021, to talk about everything that went down tonight on AEW Dynamite. I thought the show itself was a good show for the most part, but but with it being a good show, I thought. It actually had a pretty weak finish that, that kind of led to nothing. That's just, to me, kind of led to nothing. Where do they go from Jericho just tapping out to MJF? I really don't know. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Or podcast services all around the world if you're not watching live. But if you are watching live. You can help us out a couple of different ways over on Twitch by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel on Twitch one of two different ways. <clears throat> you can subscribe either with a tiered subscription just like Cold Cuts recently did for seven months or you can subscribe... For no extra cost to you if you're already paying for Amazon Prime. Because if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel that you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And i greatly appreciate it if you subscribe to us right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, if you have Amazon Prime, you link your Amazon account, you link your Twitch account, bada bing, bada boom. You pull a new Jeffrey just like he did for 10 months. And subscribe with Amazon Prime for no extra cost. But on the flip side, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out in the live chat with a super chat or a super sticker donation. Super chat donations are the best way to get your comments read live on the air. And also, you can subscribe as a channel member. You can subscribe as a channel member to get early access to exclusive news, podcast episodes, non-news videos, and so much more. Also, remember to support us patreon.com forward slash Unlimited. But with that, we've got AEW Dynamite to talk about. Dynamite took place in Houston, Texas. I like the city Houston. I lived in Central Texas, uh, Killeen area, Copperas Cove, while I was in the military. So I went to Houston a couple times. So I like it there. Austin's better. I will say that though. Austin, Texas, better than Houston, Texas. But with that, but with that, Show opens up. They do the rigmarole. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. We're here. At E.W. Dynamite, Excalibur, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, da-da-da. And then they show John Moxley and Andy Kingston as they're about to come out for something. I don't know for what, which it ended up being nothing. But as they're walking out, you got the crowd, wild thing, you make my heart sing. And then they get a jump. They get jumped from behind by 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. 2.0, Dan Garcia go down to the ring. Matt Lee grabs a mic and taunts Darby Allen, who they're supposed to face later in a street fight. No, well, it turned into a street fight, but a, a Texas tornado match. They say, hey, we're ready. Let's do this right here, right now. Come on, Sting. Come on, Darby. Lights go out, and out comes Sting and Darby to Sting's music in the snow. When Darby's music, uh, yeah, Darby's music also played as well. He tacked 2.0 from behind with a skateboard. So, in AEW, it looks like a Texas Tornado match is not just all four men can be in the ring going at it at the same time. It's Street Fight rules, apparently. It's nothing, nothing matters. Everything, just do whatever you want. They immediately start brawling into the crowd. Garcia assisted 2.0. Commentary's like, this isn't fair. It's two on three. How is that? Or three on two. How is that fair? 2.0 hit their finish, two for the show, on Darby and a on a concrete hanger out of the concourse. They dragged Sting back towards the ring, but Allen balanced on a railing and dove two point, dove on two and Garcia. Kingston would then appear, took out Garcia to even the odds. Darby and Sting produced a table and 2.0. Stopped them from setting it up in the ring. They then suplexed Darby onto his own skateboard on the ramp. Sting fought off both the 2.0 in the ring and went for the 10 punches in the corner, but Parker cut him off. It turned it into a double powerbomb through the table, and Sting freaking no sold it. Sting just popped right back up going through a table. And the crowd went nuts. Darby drop kicked both men into the perfect position for a double. Scorpion and Deathlock. Sting had it locked in. Simultaneous Scorpion Deathlocks, and they both tap out. So Sting and Darby pick up the victory. I thought this was a very fun match. I thought this match was really, really fun, and a great way to get the crowd hyped up for the rest of the show. Earlier in the day, they did tapings for Dark and Elevation, and through all that, they had a Sammy Guevara segment that they aired here tonight. They said Sammy Guevara's got ma- a major announcement. And to be honest, whenever AEW ever says major announcement, a lot of time, for the majority of people, it's a letdown. And to be honest, this was kind of a letdown, telling their fans they have a ma- that someone has a major announcement. Because when someone in wrestling says, we have a major announcement, everyone's going to think, ooh, what is this? Ooh, how, how is this going to benefit for the fans? Ooh, this is cool. What are we, what are you guys doing for the fans? And a lot of times in AEW, it's just, we're going to this city. And then 90% of their fan base is like, yeah, I didn't care. Well, the major announcement tonight, and it's cool and all, but don't call it a major announcement. All it was was Sammy brought his girlfriend into the ring, proposed, and she said, yes. Like, okay, it's cool for them. Cool for Sammy. But don't call that a major announcement. Because when you say major announcement, you think it's going to be something that benefits the fans. Even if it's like most of their major announcements, for like a minute, minute minority of the fans. So call this a major announcement. Eh, whatever. And I'm not dogging on Sammy and his girlfriend. Kudos to them. They're going to get married eventually. But it's just, AW does this a lot major announcement, and it's pretty much a letdown. I mean, Cody did it so many times saying, we got a major announcement coming Monday, major announcement coming Monday, and it was always just, we're coming to this city. We're coming to this city. I mean, Tony Tony Khan basically told Cody, I was told this, Tony Khan told Cody, cut it. Cut out doing the whole, we got a major announcement coming, when it only affects like 10% of the fan base, because you get everybody hyped up, and then they're all pissed off because they go, oh, well, I live in In Los Angeles, how do you guys go into Sarasota, make anything happy for me, you know? So this is another one of those shouldn't have called it a major announcement thing. But with that, they then cut to Tolly Blanchard and Sean Spears in the back. Spears said that he'd let Guevara's now fiance be an honorary member of the pinnacle for one night. So she would be on quote, the winning side. Going forward, we had that match. Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears. Spears attacked during Guevara's entrance, but Guevara was ready for him. He he knew he was coming because of course it's professional wrestling. But I love it. I think it was Jim Ross. No, it might have been Tony. He goes, oh... Sammy Guevara had Sean Spears scouted because when Sean Spears ran out, he heard the pitter-patter of his feet coming for him. I go, oh, Lord. Anyways, like I said, Sammy was all too ready for Sean Spears to attack him from behind. He hit a really nice flip dive off the ramp to the ringside area. Guevara then beat Spears down at ringside until he was sent into the ring steps, though. Then... Tully and Spears gave him an assisted stuff pile driver on the floor. And remember, they never got into the ring. So none of this was illegal. They couldn't just DQ Spears for Tully getting involved because the match had never officially started. Um, so going forward, match finally began. Spears and Tully uh, went for the pile driver again, but Tully was ejected saying, Look, can't do it now, the match has already started. Spears continued to beat down Guevara and taunted his fiance. Guevara came back with the enziguri. Spears then avoided a double springboard moonsault, and they traded chops into a commercial break. Got the picture in picture, so we saw what happened during that break. At one point, Spears was sent off. uh, Spears set up one of the barricades between the ring and the security railing on the outside. They both sprung to the top rope. Spears flipped him off, and Guevara Guevara hit a top rope cutter for a good near fall. Spears countered a top rope hurricane run into an avalanche C4 for another near fall. Guevara escaped another C4. This time it was on the apron, and he sent Spears through the propped-up barricade with the Death Valley driver on the floor. He then climbed to the top rope, hit the 630 Centaur, but Spears shockingly kicked out. Then, back in the ring, in the center of the ring, that is, Guevara pulled down his knee pad and hit repeated knees to the face. He then hit the GTH and Spears was down for the count as Sammy picked up the pinfall victory. After the match, Guevara went and kissed his fiance. So again, kudos for them. They're engaged and whatnot. But it's just like, eh. Don't call that a major announcement. Christian Cage was with Tony Schiavone, who was immediately interrupted by Don Callis, who gave Christian his first break 25 years ago. Patronizingly, congratulated Christian on his big win on becoming the new Impact World Champion, saying that Omega is going to win the big one. Chris has said that he's in Omega's head now, and Omega is terrified that he's going to take the AEW World title from him at All Out. He would then go on to call call Callis yet again a carny piece of shit. Video package played, hyping up Dante Martin after his big performance last week in the six-man tag. He said that he took Omega to his absolute limit and he's going to keep rising up the ranks. Then we had Dan Lambert of American Top Team, flanked by former UFC heavyweight champions Junior Ados Santos and Andre Arlovsky. He was in the ring, Tony Schiavone, and, well, he grabbed the mic and said, I don't need you, Schiavone. He said he felt like he had been silenced by the so-called millennials, who he says are soft, and triggered. He said Dos Santos and Orlovsky are ready to fight. Quote, AEW is not the answer to your professional wrestling prayers. He said AEW has a roster full of wannabe tough guys who can't wrestle or fight. These fans are only here because it's the only good part of their lives. He thinks hot crap on Lance Archer, who eventually made his way out. Archer interrupted what was attacked by Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, the men of the year, and then this segment just went to nothing. That was it. A nothing segment to be completely honest. Like, where is this leading to? Dan Lambert ain't gonna fight. We ain't gonna get Junior Dos Santos or Andrei Arlovsky in a match. What Lance Archer in a handicap match against Men of the Year? Mm, that ain't gonna cut it. Chris sure Jericho's in the back, cut a promo saying that he was overcome, or he's overcome all the adversity because because tonight he wins the big prize. He beats MJF. He says he knows he's not able to use Judas or the Judas Effect, but he's got 5,000 fans in attendance that he knows will sing his song for him tonight. Tonight, he finally gets his revenge, where he says, quote, Jericho up, and my jerk-off friend down. Next up, we had AEW World Tag Team titles on the line. The Young Bucks against the good... No. Against Jurassic Express, the Young Bucks with the Good Brothers and Bradley Cutler against Jurassic Express with the Tactiles on the line. This great match, but like a lot of times in the E.W. Great match with the finish that kind of was just like really is that. What you're really gonna do, Dan? Uh, Dan the Man says, "I dare Dan Lambert to say this to Vince McMahon and Triple H of WWE." No. You don't get you don't get what Dan Lambert's character is then. He is the guy that's coming to AEW and telling them that WWE is better without saying WWE. He's the one telling them that you've got all these wannabe wrestlers when there's real wrestling and fighting out there for you guys to watch. He's the one out there. He's supposed to be the WWE loyalist coming to AEW and trying to talk down to, to them. So with that comment, no offense, Dan, but you, you don't get what the, what the Dan Lambert character is supposed to be then. So going forward, Nick taunted Jungle Boy with some acrobatics early on until Jungle Boy took him out with a pescado. Jungle Boy hit his springboard arm drag and a lariat before tagging in Luchasaurus. And here's the thing. Luchasaurus is great. And it's it's always weird to think that in November of 2012, this man was one night away from debuting in the Wyatt family on the main roster of WWE. One night away. He was at SummerSlam 2012. Supposed to debut that next Monday Night Raw.
1: Like, the story goes, and I'm going to pull it up so I read this right. Um,
0: he was going by the name Judas Devlin. And he was earmarked to come up to the main roster. They wanted to add him to the Wyatt family. They thought he had a look that would fit in with both, with Bray, Rowan, and Harper. He was at Survivor Series, 2012. And they they realized, you're injured. You've got a hip injury. Two years later, he was released.
1: So, it's crazy
0: to think. That he was almost, almost in the Wyatt family. Hold on. I'm going to look something up really fast. So, the story goes, and this was a quote from Lucius Horst himself, he said, I remember Bray Wyatt said, I love this name, man. This is cool name was Judas Devlin at the time. He says, quote, he wanted me to get into his group when he first started it, but they had already solidified what they wanted in there, but it was a perfect but it was perfect for his kind of thing. I almost debuted and they nixed it the night before. So, and he was supposed to be in the Wyatt family. Which is crazy to think that he was supposed to be in the Wyatt family. WWE ended up nixing it. And now look at him. They cut him after he suffered a hip injury. And this kid, not this guy, that's not the word I'm looking for. This guy is beloved by kids. Trust me. My kids think Luchasaurus is amazing. Anyways, I mean, that's why he's one of the first four wrestling buddies for AEW. Anyways, back to the match. Jungle Boy hit, like I said, a springboard, arm drag, and a lariat before tagging in Luchasaurus. Matt Jackson tagged in as well, but was immediately taken down by the big man with the chops. Luchasaurus then caught a crossbody and turned it into a power slam for a two. Uh, Since Saturday, no, he was not on a show called Good Brother. There is no show called Good Brother. He was on a show called Big Brother that I watch religiously every year. He was on Big Brother but he was not on a show called the good brother. I don't know what good brother is, but he was on big brother and like fell in love with this chick who really didn't have any feelings back for him. And yeah, it was a, it was all a big thing on the show, but he was on big brother in 2015 told the whole story of him being in WWE and why they released him and this and that. And yeah, really cool to see. He's, he's a really, really cool guy. Anyways, Jungle Boy tagged back in, and the Bucks tried to overwhelm him with the numbers, but Jungle Boy hit a Hurricane run off the apron to the floor. Matt then took out Jungle Boy with a running dropkick before landing a corner dive on Luchasaurus out, of, out on the floor. The Bucks maintained control through a commercial break. Upon the return from the break, Jungle Boy hit his rebound lariat and reached a Luchasaurus for the hot tag barely. Um, upon his return, Jungle Boy hit his rebound Lariat and reached Luchasaurus for the hot tag. Luchasaurus fought off both Bucks and ate a corner knee though. Nick then fought out of a choke slam attempt and hit a, a, a Gamengiri. Gamang- I always mess this word up. Gamengiri, but Luchasaurus crotched him over the ropes. Jungle Boy hit a huge superplex off of, uh, Luchasaurus' shoulders and got a near fall. Cutler tried to interfere, but Luchasaurus had it scouted. Luchasaurus hit a tail whip, a cyclone kick, and a double choke sign on both Bucks before an assisted cutter got a great near fall from Jungle Boy as he ran interference uh, with a Tobe Suicida. The Young Bucks countered Jurassic Express's finisher with a double super kick on Jungle Boy. They hit an Indy Taker on Jungle Boy for a great close near fall. Marco Stunt tried to fire up Jungle Boy, but Kenny Omega whacked him with a chair. Distractions were basically everything here for the rest of this match, which was garbage, Again, great match, but why did we have to have so many run-ins and distractions in AEW? So Christian ran out, fought off Omega to the back. Jungle Boy hit a Brain Buster on a chair. Nick broke up the pinfall at the last second. Drax Express hit the Thoracic Express, their finisher, but Nick broke it up at the last second. Jungle Boy fought off all the different men before Luchasaurus hit a Moonsault on the pile. Nick pushed Matt out of a backslide, and the Bucks immediately turned it into a BTE trigger to pick up the victory and retain the titles. Uh, Timmy Hayes says, why do you get so mad for? What was I mad about? What was I mad about? I haven't gotten mad about anything on this. After the match, the Elite beat down Jurassic Express. Christian was out there trying to help as well, and he got beat down. And my first question is, when are we getting a Survivor Series version of AEW? Because we need AEW Dynamite, colon, gang wars. Because there are so many factions in this mother-loving company, and there's always some faction beating down some smaller group of guys. Like, it's getting to the point where it's just too much. Too much. Too much of, what is it? Young Bucks. Good Brothers, Kenny Nakazawa, Brandon Cutler. You can count Don eight on three, eight on four. It's just too much, too much of this. Everyone's got to be in a group. It's ain't New Japan where everyone's got to be in a damn faction. So In the back, Dr. Britt Baker cut a promo with Rebel and Tony Schiavone as well. Hold on. Dude, I I didn't get mad about that. I just corrected him. He said somebody said good brother. I I, I, I did, did I really get mad? No. I'm a little offended that you thought I got mad about that. No. I just corrected him and kind of laughed and said there's nothing called good brother. It's big brother. That's not you and me wow, have way differing difference of opinions on what mad really means. Cuz that was just me I mean, it's, it's since Saturday. He's one of our regulars. I was joking with him, saying, there's no, no, no such thing called good brother. I was joking with him. It was lighthearted, uh, just me correcting him. You're making me a little mad, correcting me, saying I was mad when I wasn't mad, but regardless, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, was with Rebel and Shivani in the pack. Baker then says she always told us she had an insurance policy, and that was a Jamie Hader. Hater then said that her and Baker go, away oh, way back. He said, quote, ask Red Velvet and Chris Statlander what it's like at the end of my boots. And then dared Red Velvet to face her next week. Baker said, oh, Velvet said red's not my color? Well, uh, gold isn't her color. We'll see you next week in Milwaukee. And I'm like, Jamie Hater versus Red Velvet? I don't put butts in the seats. Anyways, video package recapped the Matt Hardy, Orange Cassidy feud. Hardy said that he wasn't trying to pick on you Wheeler Yuda. He's an equal opportunity ass kicker that if orange continues to stick his nose in the Hardy business, he'll break it off in his face. Orange then said, quote, let's find out. Um, Okay, uh Timmy Hayes, I'm about to put you in timeout. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Now you say, yes, you did do your research. Do my research on what? I wasn't mad. But if you're gonna keep pushing the narrative, I'm gonna time you out, bro. Paul White comes out. All right, all right, this guy's getting fucking timed out. Now he's he's doing this on purpose. He's trying to rile me up. I can tell. Fuckers trying to rile me up. But I wasn't mad at all. And like. Like New Jeffrey says, if Sincerity wasn't offended, then, then what does it matter? It wasn't even towards him. Like, true. He says, oh, I know it's called Big Brother. I was pulling their jokes on Tim. I know it's Big Brother. Okay, see? Well, I don't get why this Timmy Hayes has to push the narrative. I was mad. I wasn't mad at all. You could replay that tape. It was a joke. Mr. Bangs, yes, YouTube chat. <laughs> Anyways, Paul White comes out He's with Tony Schiavone. Finally, thank White for coming to his aid last week with his son. White said it was amazing being back in the ring and he didn't know how that feeling was going to be. He then said he has a huge announcement, and then QT Marshall, flanked by Nick Camarado and Aaron Solo, would come out and interrupt and say, Houston, we have a problem. QT said that AEW, that here in AEW, we don't get the fans excited just to let them down.
1: White then says, he
0: wasn't having it. QT, there's a reason that I'm here. White said, yeah, to be an announcer, not a wrestler. He then said, I got some strings that I can pull in the back, and I got some pictures I want to show. some x-rays and stuff, photos of the metal plate in Paul White's hip and the big old scar as well. So, White was fired up and said, you know what? I've talked to Tony Khan, and guess what? I'm going to have a match at All Out, and it's against you, QT. So, we've got Paul White against QT Marshall, official for All Out. That'll be interesting to see how that goes. QT's a great, solid wrestler. Paul White, we haven't seen him. So, here's the thing. Paul White hasn't had an actual, legit singles match since 2018, Unless you count, well, I guess you can count it. I mean, it, it counts. The six and a half minute match he had last year after WrestleMania with, um, with, um, what's it called? Drew McIntyre. That was technically the last actual match he had because he had the unsanctioned or whatever match against Randy Orton last year. It was a nothing thing. And then he had the match against Drew. But well, before that, he hasn't worked a singles match since 2018. He's had like six mans and tag matches and this and that here and there. So, we'll see. A Cowboy says, Timmy is mad at you, Tim. You should be scared of a grown man named Timmy. What's wrong with the name Timmy? That's my name. My given birth name is Timmy. My, yeah, what's wrong with the name Timmy? Anyways. It was, I think QT had the greatest reaction here when Paul White was like, I'm going to have a match against you, QT. And he's just like, like, I can't even do it justice. He had the great shocked eyes wide open face. The greatest. Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling cut a promo. Sterling was impressed by Kira Hogan on dark. And apparently Kira Hogan called out Jade. I don't know. I didn't hear about that. And so they said, you know what? got your match this Friday rampage Jade Cargill against Kira Hogan Cargill said that it was fun to see how Miro treated Fuego Del Sol last week and that is exactly what she's gonna do to Kira Hogan this Friday In the back Tony Schiavone is with the elite and Don takes the mic and goes hey young bucks you successfully, successfully defended your titles. Why don't you take two months off? Take the families to Hawaii. Go have some fun. And Tony, Khan, uh, Tony Schiavone goes, actually, that can't happen. Tony Schiavone, or Tony Khan has let me know that we'll be holding a Tag Team Eliminator tournament. There are four teams in this tournament. Brassic Express, the Lucha Bros, which they keep calling Lucha Brothers, so I don't know what name they're going by. Lucha Bros, Private Party, crap, I forgot the other team. I didn't write it down. It's Jurassic Express. Oh, v- Varsity Blondes. Jurassic Express, Lucha Bros, Varsity Bronze Blondes, Private Party. There's going to be a tournament. So it'll be two, three matches. The winners of the first two matches will face the winners. Or we'll go on in a fun. Anyways, anyways. Whoever wins this Eliminator Tournament will then go on to Chicago. All out in Chicago. And face the Young Bucks in a steel cage match. Now, my first thought, I wasn't thinking, and I go, aren't you supposed to have a steel cage match, when you like build up a feud, and you, you want to keep people out from the feud, and then I immediately go, oh wait, this does make sense, so they want to keep the elite out, from interfering, and helping the young bucks, that makes sense, so, we got a cage match, coming up at, all out, the AEW world tag team titles on the line, I think it's going to be Lucha Bros, to be completely honest, Jurassic Express, they just did the match tonight. We've seen the Varsity Blondes get a tag title shot. Private Party's a good team, but they're just not up there right now. So I think it's going to be Lucha Bros. Because they've been slightly hinting, hey, Lucha Bros, you want to go for the tag titles? Lucha Bros, tag titles. So I think that's the route we're going to get.
1: Going forward. Kaz was in
0: the ring with a sun hook. He then introduced Ricky Starks, who came out dressed like The Rock from 1999, had the shades that he pulled down to look around, had the, the silk black shirt, unbuttoned gold chain. I go, fuck, this guy thinks he's The Rock. Anyways, Starks says he wants to talk to and bring out Brian Cage. He's Like, bring out Brian Cage. We got some things to talk about. Cameras then cut to the back, and it's Powerhouse Hobbs standing over Cage. Cage and Hobbs start going at it, Cage getting the advantage, and then they say, oh, hey, cut the cameras, we don't need to see that. They then all will run to the back, and to my knowledge, we never see them again. I didn't see them again. Did I miss something? They run to the back to help Powerhouse, but they never show exactly how they helped him. I don't know what the hell happened there. This was a, let's fill three minutes. Um... New Jeffrey, I did watch last week's Rampage. We reviewed it on the same review as SmackDown. Death Triangle was in the back with Tony Schiavone. Lucha Bros will be in the AEW World Tag Team Tournament as we talked about. And Pac talked about his upcoming match with Andrade Alidolo at All Out. All Out will be in the same arena where he beat the crap out of Kenny Omega on two weeks' notice. He's got more more notice now. Andrade better watch out. Andrade and Chavo would then walk up and some other dude, their advisor. Andrade said, Pac needs to agree to his conditions. He then hands him a giant stack of paperwork. Pac wouldn't take it, so they gave it to Tony Schiavone. Chavo said that even if the Lucha Bros win the tournament, they'll never be champions working working alongside this guy, and he points at Pac. So, I don't... I, I, I know the goal is we're supposed to think that eventually maybe the Lucha Bros go with Andrade. I wouldn't want to see that. I, I really wouldn't. The Thunder Rosa versus Penelope Ford. This is an all-right match. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't anything to call home about. These two are both ranked in the top five. Rosa hit a shotgun dropkick early on and attacked Ford in the corner. She kicked Ford to the floor, and Ford pushed her into the ring post and hit a cutter on the floor ahead of a commercial. Once back from the break, Rosa hit a corner clothesline and double knees, followed by a running drop kick. There's was a butterfly suplex from Rosa at one point. They got a two count. He went for the Fire Thunder driver, but Ford countered and went for the Moodle Lock. Ford turned it into a uh, pinning predicament, but Rosa kicked out and locked on a single leg crab, forcing Ford to reach the ropes to break the hole. Rosa then spun around and hit Death Valley driver for a two. Ford got the Moodle Lock on once again. Rosa fought out and locked on a modified sleeper to pick up the victory. But Thunder Rosa does defeat Penelope Ford here tonight. Go to the back again, and Tony's with Arn and Brock Anderson. Arn said that he's been emotional recently. You know, Malachi Black appeared and attacked him, and ever since then, their world has been turned upside down. He said, now, and I don't want to see this happen, but my son Brock is going to face Malachi Black next week. Arn warned Brock that Malachi would hurt him. Brock said, "Quote with all due respect, I'm not asking." Basically, Brock wants to fight Malachi to avenge his father, and I guess Cody. Got some announcements for the next two shows of, of AEW this Friday on Rampage. The AEW Tag Team Eliminator Tournament begins with Jurassic Express against Private Party. Jade Cargill will take on Kira Hogan, and John Moxley will take on Daniel Garcia. I would assume those are the only matches taking place. We then got a commercial for, for the first dance. Now, Darby has not been announced for the show, but the promotion of this commercial was all around Darby and about Darby saying that he's the best in the world. We know where this is leading to. Of Dynamite next week, another tournament match, Lucha Bros versus Varsity Blondes. Jamie Hader will take on Red Velvet. Orange Cassidy will go one-on-one with Matt Hardy. And Malachi Black will take on Brock Anderson. I think on a Miro video, he says he does not forgive Fuego Del Sol for accepting something that he didn't even deserve. He said Fuego felt entitled. He said he serves God every day oh, and his hot wife. And then he says, quote, Eddie Kingston, the Redeemer, wants to talk. So is Eddie Kingston going to get the next shot at the TNT title? What it seems like. I'm not a big fan of the champ just keeps get, getting to pick his, his opponent. And just random opponents. If the rankings are supposed to mean anything in this company, if, if Miro's going to be able to pick who he, who he faces, then it should at least be guys ranked in the top five. You know what I mean? And Timmy, I blocked you for instigating. John Moxley was backstage doing his little panting back and forth, all pissed off kind of thing. He said he's thinking about everyone coming to AEW. He then ran down all the top stars like the elite hangman. He's like, don't get me started on that cowboy. I can drink him under the table. He said, oh, Kirsten Cage, oh boy. Moxley said he's the guy who carried this company through uncertain times. He said it's about time to send a message about who's at the top of the food chain in AEW. He said he will main event rampage against Daniel Garcia, but Garcia should ask if this is what he really wants. Because this quote ain't no joke.
1: So Jericho comes out,
0: no music, but of course, crowd loudly singing his song. I become, I become, I become a... Judas in, Judas in my mind, I become, I become, I become, hey, Judas in, Judas in my mind. And Judas, or not Judas, but Jericho is elated here. He's got the biggest smile on his face going, oh, these guys know every word. They don't just sing along with the song. They know the song. And, and, super cool, there were fans Instead of having like just signs like, we love Luchasaurus, we love Jungle Boy kind of signs, or Jericho's the man, there were these fans that had a couple signs with all the words on them in case anybody forgot. That was genius. Whoever those fans are, we came up with the idea of bringing the words to Judas on a bunch of signs. Genius. We had Jericho versus MJF. The match itself was really good, but the finish was really crap. I'm going to say it. Jericho, again, can't use the Judas effect, so that's the big thing. If he did, he would have got disqualified. They took MJF down at the start of the match with his signature springboard dropkick followed by a plancha to the floor. MJF sent Jericho into the barricade and grabbed the ringside camera. Taunted Jericho with it, so Jericho punched the camera, planting MJF on his back. In the ring, MJF attacked Jericho's arm to regain control ahead of the commercial. Jericho came back with a clothesline upon return. He he hit a right hand and a shoulder tackle that took MJF off his feet before Jericho landed a double sledge off the top. MJF once again resumed control by attacking Jericho's arm. Jericho took him down with a cross chop before a lion salt. He followed this up with a near fall and he kept the offense on for a while with 10 corner clotheslines. MJF uh, he then put MJF on the top rope. He landed 10 punches and a top rope Hurricane Rana for a two. Once MJF kicked out, he immediately locked on the Salt of the Earth armbar. After a long fight, Jericho rolled through and applied the walls to Jericho. MJF countered it quickly and, and hit a, kip, a kick to the back. Traded, they traded some punches in the corner before MJF was able to snap Jericho's arm over the top rope. And they hit the heat seeker for a two. With the referee not looking, MJF hit a low blow and locked on the lion tamer. Jericho dug in and crawled, crawled and scratched to the ropes. MJF tried to grab the dynamite diamond ring. Official officials saw it, and Jericho had Floyd. Jericho hit MJF with Floyd the bat, but hesitated to do the Judas effect. MJF hit the Judas effect and locked on the salt of the earth. Jericho made one attempt the cradle to break it, but MJF kept it locked in, forcing Jericho to tap out. Jericho taps out. MJF picks up the victory, and the show just goes off the air. That's it. Jericho loses, and the show just goes off the air, and my first thought was, where the hell is this going? I have no idea at all where this could be leading to. MJF wins, and now what? And now what? This makes absolutely no sense to me. But with that, that was AEW Dynamite. I do have to tell you that this podcast review is brought to you by Homage. Need vintage wrestling shirts? Then head over to Homage.com slash WWE. One thing you'll notice about their shirts is the quality and the comfort. Plus, they have a sizable collection of not just WWE designs, but WWE, but, but designs from all different kinds of brands and all different kinds of different things. Just a plethora of different kinds of designs. Basically, they'll have a shirt for you, and they'll become your favorite brand. Also, when going to homage.com, use the code PWUnlimited15 at checkout and get 15% off of your purchase. Also, use the link in the description below to support us here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Go to PWUnlimited.com slash homage when, when looking for some new shirts. Remember, Unlimited 15 at checkout to get 15% off your next purchase at homage.com. So with that, now I want to check and see what you guys thought of tonight's show. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 75% of you liked it, and 25% thought it was just all right. As far as the YouTube poll does go, kind of the same. 74% liked it. 16% thought it was just all right. And 10% didn't like tonight's Dynamite. Always those few. Always those few. Let's go check the text messages here. See if we have any. Got a couple. First text message here says, I think Chris Jericho and MJF final match should be submission match or something like that. What do you think? I mean, they could do it, but what? Why? Why do we need to do another match? MJF won clean. There was no trickery. It wasn't like Wardlow came down and knocked out Jericho first or something. No. He just put Jericho in the move, and Jericho tapped out. It says, Murphy teased NXT return on his Instagram story Tuesday, and the date he's been teasing is on a Tuesday. So, it was in a, I have no clue about that. I can't comment because I didn't see that or hear, hear anything about it. If it was a big enough tease where it could mean something, I would have heard about it. People would have been messaging me about it, and other websites and YouTube channels would have been reporting on it. So, because no one else reported on it, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Versus, i in the hospital right now, but I watched it all elite wrestling tonight. Wasn't CM Punk supposed to be in Chicago tonight? Great work as always, Tim. Well, Sorry to hear you're in the hospital, but they're not in Chicago tonight. Tonight they were in Houston, Texas. They're going to be in Chicago Friday for Rampage. That's where Punk is supposed to debut. It says, do you think Usos, Jimmy and Jay are better heels than the Young Bucks? 100%. Young Bucks try too hard. Literally watching Dynamite tonight. Young Bucks come out and my son just looks at them and go, those guys look stupid. Person says, do you think Roman Reigns loses the Universal title? Probably not. And this person says, do you think Lucha Bros split from Pac and join Andrade? I feel like they are teasing it too much to either do it or Andrade gets his own group. I think that's where they're going to lead to, the latter. I think they're teasing too much that the Lucha Bros are going to leave Pac, but I think in the end, maybe, maybe, Andrade gets his own tag team with him and goes, hey, see, my guy's Look who I got. They're going to face you because they're better than you. You, you didn't join me. Da, da 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 Now I got these guys. So we'll see what's going on. Uh, have you heard the news of Max Caster? Do you think he leaves AEW and goes to NXT? No clue. Because they're very tight-lipped on the Max Caster stuff right now. All I can tell you is that the reports of him being suspended with no pay are untrue. But other than that, I haven't heard anything. Uh, I was just told that no, he was not suspended with no pay. And to be honest, I think this whole situation is kind of bullshit because if it was such a big deal for what he said about Simone Biles and whatnot, a someone should have caught that the night of someone either working the show backstage, producing that show, somebody in the building watching that show because that was not filmed in front of nobody. And whoever edited that show over the next week should have noticed it before it went up. So I get it. If they're mad at him for saying what he said, be mad at him. But don't be mad at him that it got out. Don't be now all of a sudden mad at him because you have to do something because the fans got pissed off. No. This is something that should have been caught before it even aired. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Or if you're watching later on podcast services all around the world, like Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and so many others. But with that, guys, we'll be back Friday for Friday Night SmackDown and and for AEW Rampage the First Dance. Remember to follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash Pro ULTD. Follow us on Instagram by searching for ProWrestlingUnlimited. And follow us on Twitter at PWUnlimited. So with that, guys, have a great night. I'll be live in about an hour on my Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash TimmyBuddy if you want to head over there and hang out. But if not, then I'll see you Friday for SmackDown and Rampage. Have a good night, guys.